Mary! There might be plungering happening on a, a pirate ship. Maybe. But I think you just poop at a hole, right? That goes off the back of the ship? <laughs> no? Okay. We don't know about the Navy or pirates. Well, hey, Caitlin. Welcome to the 20th episode of Hey Beautiful. Can you believe it's 20 episodes? We only have two left until the end of the I season. I know. It's wild. That's crazy. Damn, good for us. Wild and crazy kids. So uh, <laughs> I wonder if TFGIF will do that show. Ayo. Oh, they better. We're yeah. putting in our request right now, Katie and Drew. Even though you think uh, Lake Michigan's beaches <laughs> count. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> we would love to see you guys talk about Donnie Jeffcoat, <laughs> Omar Gooding, and everyone else on Wild and Crazy Kids. Oh, my God. What a yes, jam that show please. is. Anyway, if you don't know us, we are not a Wild and Crazy Kids recap show. We no. are recapping every single episode of How I Met Your Mother, one week at a time. And if you're new here, thank you for finding us. If you would like to keep track of us, you can look us up on Twitter and Facebook at Hey Beautiful Pod. And we post a lot of never-before-seen GIFs that we're making about this week's episode and just chatting about the show uh, with other fans like you. And you should definitely just subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes and leave us some stars or a review because that helps other fans like you find our show. And we actually got another review this week. I can't believe it. I know. Skater said, like going through a hymnium journey all over again, five stars. Uh... So surprised a podcast like this isn't already a thing, but so grateful for these wonderful ladies stepping up to fill the void. Truly, it's almost like I'm back on ship watching him yim with my closest buddies all over again. Back on ship. Do you think he's in the Navy? He might be. Or is he a pirate? I think he's a pirate. He's a pirate. He's absolutely yeah, a pirate. He's definitely a pirate. Okay, cool. Skater. I mean, that's his like pirate name. That's his pirate right? name. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, ahoy, <laughs> skater. <Seems> plausible. <laughs> ahoy, he matey. <laughs> if you're if you're even a tiny bit of a Himium fan, you need this podcast in your life because it's legend. Wait for it. Oh, how cute. That's adorable. Thank you so much, Skater. Thank you, Skater. Thank you for taking time out from swabbing the poop deck and. Yeah. Um, plundering? Yeah. Plundering I was going to say people? plundering, but that's not. <laughs> no. There might be plundering happening on a, Maybe. a pirate ship. I feel but like... I think you just poop at a hole, right? <laughs> that goes off the back of the ship? No? Okay. We don't know about the Navy or pirates. I probably should have paid more attention to that book I had that cut the ship in half and showed you where all the pieces were. Remember those books? Or the one about younger? every pirate poops? Yeah, well, I, I obviously don't think that's how current sailors use the bathroom, but I was going with, like, pirates being, like, old-timey, not current, yeah, like, Somali pirates. Do? Oh, they yeah, probably did, like, dark. like bedpans and threw it into the ocean. So oh, either yeah, way, like the a bucket. ocean was getting a lot of pirate poop. Yeah, no plundering happening. <sighs> well, there's anyway, that. <laughs> no bird walks this week. Too much to talk about. Right? Thank you so much, Skater, and um, a vast Yeehardies yo-ho. <laughs> Another little announcement before we get into the Hemium stuff. We will be posting our special bonus episode of Josh Radner's new show, Rise, 
on Monday. So today is Thursday that you guys are hearing this. So just a few more days and you guys will have our review of Rise up and Adam and ready for you to listen to. And yeah, so stay tuned at the end of this episode. We're going to have some legendary moments from this episode and also another fun announcement. So things <gasps> stay are, tuned. yeah, things are ramping up. Mm-hmm. It's exciting over here at Hey Beautiful. Heck yeah. Speaking of exciting, we do have two other pieces of mail. All right. So this uh, legendary moment comes from Abha. Uh, this is from last week. So she has a couple of moments. First one is Ted's shitty apology at the banquet where he acts like he had the best intentions. When are men ever going to learn that meaning to apologize and apologizing for real are two very different things? If you screwed up and the girl is upset, it's going to take a lot more than just apologizing. Snaps. Amen. Yes. Snaps I can't snap. for Abha. Yep. <laughs> uh, second, I believe this is the first episode wherein they have a full-blown telepathic conversation, and I love every bit of it. You are correct, Abha. Yeah. It's the first time we get to see that, and it is so good. So good. It's so good. A lot of eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. Her third moment is Lily finding out Mary's a prostitute in her sleep and telling Barney, for some, it would be a new low. For you, it's just a new middle. <laughs> And then Barney's big reveal and then laughing and when he says, if you don't laugh, it just seems mean. Her last legendary moment has to do when Barney tells Ted at the end of the episode that he needs to treat every woman like she's a sure thing. And it will be. Have that kind of confidence. Mm -hmm. So Ted twists that to mean that he should treat every woman like a whore. And Barney tells him that he should be thanking him. And Ted then tells us that... uh, Mary slapped him and stormed off. And Barney, of course, says, well, can you blame her? You called her a hooker. (laughs) (laughs) Absolving himself of all guilt. Yes, yes. In in the way that only Barney can. Oh, Barnabas Stinson. Cool. Thanks, Abba. Keep them coming. Yeah. All right. The next one was a huge surprise to me. This is actually from one of my bestest friends from college. (gasps) Right? Yeah, that's so awesome. I was so I was so surprised and happy to see this because we don't really talk at all anymore, but this is amazing. So uh, my friend Sarah says, hey, Kate and Caitlin. Okay, so Chuck and I, Chuck's her man. Okay. So Chuck and I have been listening to your podcast the past few weekend nights when we're in hangout and make dinner together mode, and it's been a blast. That's so cute. I love it. A good we're idea. like hanging out with them having dinner. Yeah. You know? My favorite part so far was definitely when Kate's mom sent her the article about the Chihuahua. (laughs) Was that about the Chihuahua dying? No, it was about the Chihuahua eating its owner. Eating its owner. That's what it was. I couldn't remember. I knew it was something morbid, but I couldn't remember what exactly it happened. Not only because our kitty's fictional namesake did the same thing. Oh, but because it really set up Kate's mom as a legendary off mic character. Yeah, that was, Aww, a, that was a pretty genuine moment. <laughs> yeah. She said, runner-up moments probably include the shout-out to Pulse Nightclub, a.k.a. the gay club that I used to drag her to in college, and the tangent <laughs> on things that aren't as fun as they should be. Yep. Sarah is a, a bosom buddy when it comes to, you know, hating things that people think should be fun. I love it. So she says, we just finished up with the Kakamas episode, which has always had a special place in our hearts after living in the great swamp of eastern North Carolina. (laughs) Oh, honey. (laughs) This prompted us to YouTube clips from the episode, which brought us pretty far down the rabbit hole on these videos. Far enough that our targeted ads have been in Spanish ever since. So then she says, I'd say the only point I tend to disagree with 
the podcast on a lot, is that I don't mind the blazers at all. I'd gladly return to the days of the ubiquitous blazer and bootcut jeans to get a little tailoring and structure back to women's clothes. But that's mostly because my knees are too sharp for skinny jeans. (laughs) I really like sensible shoes, and I'm tired of drapey, gauzy clothes. Fair. Structure is nice. You're right. And, you know, I always felt kind of dressed up but kind of casual, depending on what you paired with the blazer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. But I love that, yeah, but I love that you discuss the color palette of the show because it's so distinct and sitcoms don't always generate that kind of meta discussion. She said, we're here for it. Sarah Chuck and Queequeg, which I guess is the cat. Queequeg is a character from Moby Dick. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. The first principal character encountered by the narrator. Uh Aha, very nice. Never read Moby Dick. Me neither. But Mm. thanks for Googling that so we don't both look stupid. Yes, you are welcome. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm a writer who's never read Moby Dick. Fight me. <laughs> um, and then she said, side note, we've watched reruns of the show together for years, and I never knew that Chuck didn't know Bob Saget did the voiceovers. What? And that was just mind-blowing all around. Yeah, that's crazy. That is mind-blowing. Right? Well, thank you, Sarah and Abha, for sending in letters. This was a blast from the past and very exciting. So... Mm-hmm. Let's dive into this week's episode, Best Prom Ever. This is season one, episode 20, Best Prom Ever. It first aired on May 1st, 2006. The writer is Ira Ungerleiter. Ungerleiter. This is the first time that we've seen him and will be the last time. This is the only episode he wrote. He produced a bunch of episodes, um, but not, this was his one writing credit. And our director, as always, is Pam Friedman. Do you have anything else to say about the writer? No? Yeah, I did, actually. He has a cameo in this episode. He sure does, yeah. Yeah. So we open up with Marshall and Lily running for their lives through the city, and there's a freeze frame, and Future Ted narrates that eight months into their engagement, there was a game-changing emergency. We cut to Marshall in the apartment on the phone, and all he says is, Van Smoot is available. And we, the audience, like if you're watching this for the first time, no idea what that means, but it's something that is pretty exciting. Turns out Van Smoot is the place to get married. It's very idyllic, has some columns. But I'm wondering, I mean, she says, or Ted, well, future Ted says this is like their ideal place to get married. Mm -hmm. Last we heard, Lily wanted to get married in the woods. You're right. Well, maybe because it had some woods. Mm, there were trees and there columns trees. a lot of green space that's true that's true so maybe it's like kind of a compromise or maybe mm. it didn't even matter because it was like the place to get married so it's like everyone's doing it yeah we should want this too right and maybe that's why she feels like she's sort of living a life that isn't her own yeah you're right right you know we see lily on the phone and she's teaching she's got kids in the room and yeah, it's Van Smoot, but it's two months away. She's not really feeling it because she knows there's a lot of work to do and mm. it's just not enough time to get it done. But Marshall reminds her that it's Van Smoot. It's the dream. But more importantly, if they don't take it, their mm-hmm. arch nemesis, arch nemesis, nemesis, thank you. I couldn't remember what it was. Arch nemesis, Todd and Valerie. We'll get it. And so we cut to another couple running hand in hand, just like Lily and Marshall were. Mm-hmm. And turns out these 
people um, got engaged around the same time, planning a wedding around the same time, but they always seem to be one step ahead. So probably booking the vendors that they wanted. Maybe they got the florist or the caterer that they wanted, um, but they keep running into them again and again. And so then we're caught up back to the beginning and Lily is on Marshall's back. (laughs) <laughs> and like a piggyback style and they run into Todd and Valerie. Yeah, and so that we see in this in this scene that Marshall has kind of caught what Ted usually has, which is like, we'll do the crazy thing as because it's a means to an end. Like right. we can get married in two months. It doesn't matter how stressful it's gonna be because we are going to have the wedding. Right. And they're all like prim and proper, very like professional, and Marshall says Valerie, like this great, (laughs) this great way. I love it. And they're in an elevator, clearly waiting to go up. And at the last minute, right before the the doors close, Marshall yells, stairs. And I love this part. Lily takes both hands and pushes all the buttons (laughs) before leaving the elevator. It was so my level of petty. And I just loved it. Very elf. Yes. Yes. Very (laughs) elf. We cut to a little while later at the bar and Lily is just amazed that they actually got it and you know I'm sort of shocked it seems like she's in shock Marshall's just thrilled he's so happy mm-hmm. um and Lily immediately starts handing out jobs because they have two months yeah all hands on deck all hands on deck so everyone has to pitch in but as soon as she starts handing out jobs she hits a couple snags she can't have Robin and Ted do anything together like go to the florist because Robin is still mad at Ted for being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still not talking to each other. But they're hanging out together all the time still. It's very weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like, how you've not addressed it. It must be right. so awkward. Right. So it's like they're just sort of existing in the same space, but they're never really talking to each other. This is not the last time that they will do that. And spoiler alert, it never works out. <laughs> so that's the one spoiler we'll give you. So Lily decides whatever we'll we'll do it a different way um and then barney is like wow that was really super awkward (laughs) it's still really awkward and he calls attention to awkwardness only the way he can Mm -hmm. just and he's just like has a shit eating grin yeah he's like wow lil he kept calling her lil yeah wow lil bad bad it was like in game night when he makes Ted tell the story of the re-return, and then he feels how awkward it is, and he's like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have told that story. He loves it. Just revels in it. Um, so Lily gives him one job, and that's not to sleep with anybody that's even remotely related to her, but he tells her very gravely that he can't promise that. Mm-hmm. So off to a bad start. No one yes. is able to do any of the jobs she wanted them to do. And that's like a lot of trust to put into people (laughs) yeah to choose the flowers to choose the invites right without her there yeah especially when you know as we find out later on she can't sign off on a band she hasn't heard right she'll go to the floor i mean maybe it was just like go to the florist and get like some quotes i don't know but that's still even hard because you need to have an idea of what you want it to look like yeah it's just weird yeah it's just weird but whatever but she's got two months and she's just losing losing it yeah losing it We cut to the apartment and we see Lily sleeping on the couch and there is just shit everywhere, including, I don't know if you noticed it, like this old photo album that's like covered in like lace and like what it looks like, it looks sort of looks like my parents' old wedding album. Wedding album? album? 
Yeah, it's really hideous looking. And there's just fabric swatches, stuff everywhere. And she's totally out. Marshall and Ted come home with a million boxes. And Marshall's like, oh, so precious. You know, he's like, hey, little one. Hey, lily pad. And then Lily jumps awake shouting crap because she realizes they forgot a band and it's going to be silence and people chewing. That's that's pretty scary. That's terrifying. So she must have been having like a nightmare about that yeah. while she's doing that. But the thing is, this is the same day. Like, yeah. they're all wearing the same clothes. So she has clearly made a lot of progress if, Absolutely. if she's like, we forgot to book a band. Well... You've only been working on this wedding for like maybe four a day. four hours. Yeah. So she's yeah she's off the rails right now. And I, I mean this is hindsight's twenty twenty whatever mm. she doesn't have the experience I guess. But anytime you plan a big event, a wedding, or even just a big party, you know that the first couple weeks are really intense and then after that it's smooth sailing. There's nothing really else going on. Like you have to get your vendors. Your yeah. dress. Well, because you usually have like months until the wedding. Right. True. This is going to be a slog all the way there. Marshall being the just Midwestern gent that he is. And just <laughs> he's so good. He's tells her not to worry about it because he's got it taken care of. He called the 88. They played his law review, found guilty on three counts of rocking. But Lily can't sign off on a band she's never even seen. How do they know if the 88 can play their song? Because uh, they're a fucking band. Yeah. Pretty sure they could play it. But also, like I said before, she's so okay with picking out flowers and the invitation and all those things. But your two best friends in the whole world, like the man you're going to marry and then Ted, who is basically your partner as well. Like they are all like this best friend little knot. Yeah. Yeah. Unit. There you go. (laughs) But she but she doesn't trust them that they're great because they both have the same not vision but they want the same things too they want this wedding to be great yeah. they're not gonna say it's a shitty band right oh she's just comp- she's just fixing she's just losing it. stuff yeah. yeah she's just totally losing it and then she says that they're gonna have to come here and audition also <laughs> ridiculous and marshall tells her they're like the wiggles of wedding bands they, they don't audition it's not happening lily suggests trying to find if they're playing anywhere to go see them which is a pretty good idea and then there's this great part where Ted tells Lily that she's being a wee bit intense and she grabs Ted by the shirt and tells him that she's planning a wedding for 200 people in nine weeks. Even if a dinosaur should poke its head out of my butt and consume the coffee table, I need you to roll with it. All right? And she just has this wild look in her eyes. Yeah, we've definitely never seen Lily like this. No. She's crazy. It's bad. Barney comes in, makes a, a crass joke, and we find out that the 88 are playing at a high school prom in Jersey. And for those of you who don't know, the 88 is actually a real band. Yep. You can actually look back at their past shows. Oh, cool. From like, So I went back and looked at 2006. And, and no proms, unfortunately, but... <laughs> They were in, like, the Philly and New York area. I looked between, like, March and the end of June. You're crazy. I did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and this is not the first time that they've had a song or they've had an appearance on How I Met Your Mother. They, one of their songs was used in Belly Full of Turkey. I looked them up on IMDb. Yeah. They're, they have 26 soundtrack credits. So, yeah, they, they've they got a couple songs on here. I thought in the beginning when I was first watching this that they were trying to make the 88, like, 
the band of How I Met Your Mother because they're in this season a fair amount. So yeah, they're they're going to be playing at a prom and uh, in New Jersey this weekend, and mm-hmm. so they decide that well, yeah, we'll just call the school and we'll stand in the back and listen. And then we see 11 seconds later, <laughs> Lily's on the phone. She's like, yeah, no, they won't. Because, duh, they're not in high school. Yeah. And Barney suggests that they sneak in and Lily's on board. And that's, Ted points this out, but it's really how you know Lily has lost her damn mind mm-hmm. because she's agreeing with one of Barney's plots. Oh, yeah. And we've seen basically everyone else fall prey to this before where they're just feeling completely overwhelmed and he's just able to puppet master them and get them oh, to yeah. do something crazy like robin pinching or smacking her own butt on tv oh yeah you know everyone's yeah everyone's fallen down the barney hole so i don't blame her I do not blame her she's hit her limit mm-hmm. she's usually so calm and collected and is like the, the conscience of the group who makes all the right decisions so this is this was a hard episode for me to watch mm-hmm. because she's not yeah it's hard but it's great it's so good. Yeah. Character-wise, it's an awesome. It's an awesome. Yeah, for sure. Down at the bar, they decide to hatch a plan to crash the prom. Robin pipes up right away and says that she'll go because she never got to go to prom in high school because there were always field hockey nationals in the spring. We get the appearance of the lesbian cough from Barney. <laughs> it's a one-timer, but still a good one. Yep. Um, and this is the second mention of Robin possibly being a lesbian. The first one in Zip, Zip, Zip when Barney tries to hook her up with the person in the blue in the blue shirt. Blue shirt, 2 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, so good. It's like this shiny shirt. Yeah. And I just remember as a young lesbian watching this, seeing those two references, and I'm like... <gasps> Are they laying groundwork for Robin to be gay? <laughs> I was so excited. I mean, soon enough you that sort of gets squashed, right. but it seemed it seemed possible, mm-hmm. and I was optimistic. What's wrong? Robin points out in Slutty Pumpkin that she's never played team sports. That's right, and then here she is on the field hockey team. Yep. See, I, I will give them license. Beginning of season one, they were figuring out all kinds of shit, but still. You are the continuity queen. Still a hole. You still a hole. You remember the tiniest details that don't <laughs> add up, and it's so oh, it's so satisfying. Thanks. They get there's a couple real bad ones later, but yes, yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about those when we get there. Uh, yeah. So Lily doesn't think that they look young enough. Duh. <laughs> Because they're old as fuck. Because they're old. It's not even they're like like they're twenty three or twenty four. They're like twenty seven to thirty, right? And Barney scoffs at her and says, "You know, I'm ageless. Sherbatsky just needs a good night of sleep, and you've got statutory written all over you." <laughs> and Lily kind of perks up at that. Yeah, she's like feeling really, uh, really flattered by that, and and so that's Barney counting himself in. He had never he hadn't yep. said yet that he wanted to. Except but for it high being school his girls, idea. of course. Ew, no. I know. No. Not high school girls. Let's say hot teacher chaperones. Okay. All right. He has, we'll give him that. He always says they have to be at least 18. That's true. That's true. I don't think he's an R. Kelly. I don't think we have an R. Kelly <sighs> on our hands. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Ted then suggests that they all go. Because at this point, it's just he and Marshall who are left out. Uh, Robin quickly shuts that down. By saying it might be harder to sneak people in, but wow, doing that right in front of everybody 
That was but so they should screw it up for Lily. This is for Lily. Oh yes, yes. The faux concern, of course. Yes. So Ted recovers and decides that whatever, I didn't want to go anyway, because Marshall and I are gonna be cool and go out together and do a stupid handshake. And get freaking weird. Get freaking weird. <laughs> and Barney makes fun of them and calls them lame and also Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. But then quietly says, But you know, uh, leave me a message and we'll meet up later. Because he is Love the it. original case of FOMO. Yeah. Barney does not want to miss anything. No, he doesn't want to miss a thing. All right, Aerosmith, Aerosmith. calm down. <laughs> <laughs> if I had your voice, I would have sang it. Again, Caitlin, we do not have the rights. We cut to the apartment and Robin and Lily come out in these awful fucking dresses. Yeah, they're not great. Oof. Like, I don't even think back in 2006 they would have looked nice i mean there was like a there was like um a phase of wearing things that looked like lingerie as normal clothes like lacy oh that's true i didn't even lacy think about that. silky camisole kinds of things but mm. i definitely had some lacy great. camisoles under blazers oh yeah that was like a fave like going out yeah that's a robin special yeah it was it was a l-e-w-k yeah looks <laughs> And Barney tells them that they look horrible because they're too classy and nice looking. I don't think they looked either of those things, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> 2006. And, 2006. Yeah. He, <laughs> Barney tells them it's go ho or go home. And so then Lily starts to spiral about all the things she has to do. And Robin tells her that right now she only has to dress like a whore and that's <laughs> it. That was a great line. I love that. Yeah. And Barney commends them for their spirit and tells them to slut up. Nice update to that catchphrase. In Lily and Marshall's bedroom, Robin and Lily are going through uh, Lily's clothes, trying to find something slutty enough. And if you notice in the background, you see the painting Lily made when in the duel. Yay. Lily comes out with this interesting dress. It's (laughs) black with these like pink. They look like leaves, but they're like made of like a fake flower material, like that silk. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh my God, it's my actual prom dress. And we do this great flashback to 1996 and it is an under the sea prom with all these Aggressively under the sea. Aggressively. Like like six foot mylar (laughs) seahorses. Just like in every (gasps) frame. I loved them. I love them. I want one. Oh, and the verve um, pipe playing in the yeah, background. Oh, I know. I love that. Oh. I love that. That's what I wrote. We hear the verve pipe playing. We I love that song. only freshmen. Yeah, so good. What a, mom, what a moment in time. And then we see a black-haired, banged, goth Lily oh. dance, dancing with a guy with long blonde hair who's wearing, like, a white tux with that tuxedo t-shirt underneath. Classic. So good. And... He's like, they're dancing, and he's telling her that she is the hottest girl at this prom, and not in a corporate plastic way, <laughs> like truly, truly hot, like a hot soul. And of course, what am I going to say? I don't know. Reminded me of fucking Victoria oh, and wanting to know your I soul. I want to know your it's soul. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> so we find out that his name is Scooter. And um, he has great news to share. He got accepted into umpire school. And Lily says, oh, disco. I don't remember that being a thing. Never remember it being a thing. Ever. We were were Um, like 10, though. So maybe it was like an older, cooler thing. But I love it. I guess. I like it. Yeah, disco. 
she's so happy for him. And then Scooter corrects her and says, no, happy for us. <laughs> and she's like, you're going to be an umpire someday. And he picks her up and spins her around and says, no, we're going to be an umpire. Just so dumb. It's so bad. High school, high school partners. Yowza. Mm, not a good idea. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Scooter is played by David Burka, who you may know is married to Neil Patrick Harris. And they have the best most amazing children. Yay! And they're the coolest dads. Harper and Gideon. Oh, so creep. they have the coolest names. They're adorable. They do really cool shit together. Great follow on Instagram, both of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love them both. Yeah. Spouses. Woo. Is that, that's three episodes in a row. Yeah. We've had um, Taryn Killam with Kobe Smulders. Yeah. Then we had Sandy Rivers, a.k.a. Alexis Denisoff. And now David Burke. Now David yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So I had read some stuff because I didn't watch season one when it had first come out. I guess that David's uh, guest appearance was sort of the catalyst uh, to start some rumors with about his relationship with Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, what do you mean? And said that People didn't I know? Read, yeah, I read something that said that it was following his appearance that there were some rumors that he only got the job because of his relationship with one of the actors. And then it turned out that it was Neil Patrick Harris because at the time, I don't believe he was out. I don't remember finding out that Neil Patrick Harris was gay until like season three. Yeah, which is probably devastating. Yeah, which is probably like a long time, but. I mean, I I'll never have a chance. Yeah, I wasn't really following him yet, and the internet wasn't like huge. No, so it was kind of easier to stay under wraps. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, very cool. So, fans, I challenge you to correct me because, like I said, I only I read like one quick thing and didn't have enough time to really go into it. But cool. So yeah, so at the end of that scene, when Lily is sort of, she keeps trying to say, "I'm happy for you," right? And making it about Scooter, and he keeps you trying to make it about empire. yeah. And she keeps trying to make it about him, and he keeps trying to make it about them. And so we see this first sort of tinge of anxiety happening. Mm-hmm. Even though it's still like a happy moment, there's still a like a disconnect that we're going to see right. completely unravel. Um, back at the apartment, it is prom night, 2006. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. <laughs> and they're <laughs> taking pictures and getting ready to go. And Barney says, oh, there's one more thing you need. And he comes out with two corsages and Robin starts crying. She's never been to prom. That's really sweet. It was, especially because you, knowing Barney, everybody expects him to say something about how they need to be wearing less clothes or, you know, whatever. Something gross. It always means more when Barney does something sentimental because it's such a contrast from... His usual. And then the three of them leave and Ted and Marshall are left in the apartment and Ted is ready to bro out on the town. (gasps) But Marshall wants to stuff 200 invitations first. If you've ever done like a formal wedding invitation, there's, it's not just one invitation into one envelope. Mm -mm. You have the RSVP card. You have the envelope with the stamp for the RSVP card. With the address on it. With the address on it. You might have directions. You might have... Dinner selection. 
dinner selections. Sometimes you'll have also tissue paper layers to mm-hmm. separate them. So if it's like has fancy ink or it's embossed, or I don't even know what because I'm not that fancy. And this is Van um, Smoot, so you know it's probably fancy. It's going to be fancy. So it's not just 200 envelopes. It's like four or 600 things that they have to do. Yeah. Also, they got this shit printed so fast. So fast. Because they had it the day before, like the same day that they found out about Van Smoot. So... Mm-hmm. They paid a lot of money for those invitations. Let's be honest. And I just want to say, good job, Marshall. Because I think, at least on TV, a lot of times you see the woman doing all of the wedding planning, mm-hmm. all of the work, and the guy is doing the stuff that Ted wants to do, which is like go out and, you know, get crazy and not worry about it. But he understands how stressed out she is. He understands the short mm-hmm. amount of time. Like, he's just a great partner. And while this is a normal thing to do, sometimes you can't really expect the bare minimum from people. So it's just, it's awesome that he's doing this for her and shouldering the burden, especially when he started this whole thing. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And Ted's being such a baby. He says, you've been doing wedding stuff nonstop. It's been 24 hours. (laughs) They haven't, as far as we know, planned a damn thing since the crab puffs, which they decided on. Months ago at St- at Stuart and Claudia's wedding. Exactly. You know? And they haven't, other than the crab puffs, there really has been no discussion. They don't have a venue. No decisions about the wedding. Right. So. Yeah. Don't be a baby, Ted. Yeah. Um, but Marshall eventually convinces him by enticing him with a big prize. And we don't find out what it is, but Ted, Ted is easily persuaded with a big prize. I would too, honestly. Hell yeah. We cut to outside of the high school in Jersey and Lily and Barney and Robin are wondering how they're going to get in. And Lily says, it's all about confidence. I used to sneak into clubs all the time when she was underage. She's like, you just got to act confident. So we see her and she's going, woohoo, happening prom. We're going to prom, everybody. Just so obvious. Yeah, woohoo. Even that sound. Like, who? Who even says that? So out of Wee-hoo. touch with the kids. I want that to be like my text alert. Wee-hoo. Wee-hoo. <laughs> and then they immediately get shut down because, I mean, first of all, teachers chaperone, so they know who all the kids are. Right. And, but they are three twenty something. I love when she's she just gets all the excitement sucked out of her. When he just goes, "Um, you're adults," <laughs> and she's like, "Okay," and she like turns and such a perfect moment. It's so good. So she appeals to them and says that she's getting married in two months. She just needs to hear the band. And the teacher, Mr. Cork, is Ira. Our writer. Yeah, our writer. He's at the door and he laughs at Lily for being so far behind in her planning because it's two months till a wedding and you still don't have a band. (laughs) And tells her that she either needs to be a student or has to find a date. So Robin takes matters into her own hands, finds two like stereotypical nerds outside and Robin asks if they want to take if they want to take two hot ladies to prom. She gets mistaken for a prostitute. Second time. Yeah, second time. <laughs> and in they go. As they pass Barney, Robin asks how Barney is going to get in. And uh he I love this look. He's like looking up and down the building. He's like, "Don't worry about me. I'll get in." And the two uh nerdy characters we find out that they have names later in the episode, mm-hmm. but at IMDb, they're credited as Schlub number one and Schlub number two. That's awful. Isn't that awful? Schlub. We're inside the school, and Robin is offered a flask by her date, which is you know all out in the open. 
no big deal. And she's so into this prom thing. She's like, yeah, yeah why not? It's, a, it's prom. Feeling the fantasy. Take, yeah. Takes a big swig and it's cough syrup because <laughs> they're nerds who are bad at math and didn't realize their fake IDs said that they were only 20. God. Life's going to be rough, boys. Yes. I love that line. <laughs> Me too. And uh, we see Lily walk up to Keith, the guitarist of the 88, and ask them to play their song, Good Feeling, by the Violent Femmes, so she can sign off on them. She gives a whole spiel. And the guy, Keith, just looks at her, and he's like, I'm kind of wasted right now, mm-hmm. but just give me the sheet music, and I'll play it. And I love this next part. We cut to Robin's date, asking if he goes, you buzzing, baby? And she, like, giggles and says, my phlegm feels looser. <laughs> so gross uh, she had yeah she's totally into it so back at the apartment ted marshall are stuffing envelopes ted is still belly aching and wishing they were out getting in fights apparently which is his new past yeah time. what is that maybe robin's right maybe he is having like a nervous breakdown so he tells marshall he totally has his back and Marshall's just like, mm, okay, Ted, <laughs> just completely not <laughs> he just like laughs yeah. doesn't even look at him so good so good. And then Robin calls Marshall and tells him that he needs to bring the sheet music to New Jersey. And Marshall asks if Ted can go. And it's this very high school moment. Ugh. Like this whole episode sort of harkens back to high school because yeah. Marshall's on the phone talking to a girl for his friend. And his friend is trying to say <laughs> stuff to him. And Marshall's like, shh. What'd she say? What'd she What'd say? What'd she say? What'd she say? Oh, I don't even want to go. I don't even want to. If she doesn't want to, like, I don't really care. And yeah. Robin is, you know, giving this whole big, long speech about why it would be weird if he came and how she still just doesn't know if they can be friends. And just like this very long speech. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Barney pops open an air vent behind her and comes out. I love that part. I went back and watched it again just because it's so good. His physical comedy is the best part of a it lot is. of the show. And um, is swiftly and quietly carried off. Robin doesn't even notice. And she says very nonchalantly that he can come. You know, I wouldn't claw my own eyes out if he came. And Marshall takes this as she totally wants you to go, which is true. Yeah, she wants him it. Is oh, absolutely because honestly, at this point, she either needs she either needs to get over it or she loses all of her friends. Those are her choices, which is sad. Yeah, I mean, she might stay friends with Lily, like here and there, but. She knows that this is something she needs to get over, so the whole group. And it really, because she's so close with Lily now, like that, she was lonely before, oh, I feel I like. And, uh, I know. Robin heads over to see Lily on the bleachers to let her know that everything's set. And Lily is having like a dissociative episode sitting there. She's just yes. sort of like zoned out and sort of shaking her head. And she says, Oh, there's just too much to do. My head is swirling. It's all moving too fast. And again, we get sucked back into uh, 1996. And Scooter is answering her, saying it's moving too fast. And he doesn't understand why that is. And so this isn't the first time that she has felt this in a relationship. And it's like being at the prom and looking at that old prom dress has sort of kicked up all this stuff. And she remembers Mm -hmm. how she felt 10 years ago at a prom and, you know, she's wondering if if she took a wrong turn somewhere. So, um, but back in 96, Lily tells Scooter that she doesn't want everything in her life to be decided at 18. And Scooter's confused. I mean, he has their entire future planned out. 
And he's just so... It's all wide open. It's all wide open. He's just so pathetic that it's it's great. It's so endearing, though. You can though. tell I why love... Neil loves him, because yeah. he's, a, he's a real good actor, too. He's super talented. Yeah. And did you watch the clip of them singing Take Me or Leave Me, Rent? <gasps> no! Yeah. Oh, I gotta they see that. They do a that. little duet. <gasps> ah, so he can sing, too. Oh, yeah, he's he can sing. Yay! Okay, but I, I read something it. about how he had given it up to become a chef. Mm. So Lily tells him right there that when she goes away to college, their relationship is over. And she talks about all the things that she wants to do. She wants to live abroad and be a painter and have a lesbian relationship, which is a nod to her character on Buffy. So it's like yes. a little wink to that. But, you know, this is pretty cold-blooded for prom. She just, like, dumps his ass right there. And we're learning a lot about the other sides of Lily because we're seeing that when she is stressed out at her wit's end, she tends to panic and do impulsive things. Yes. She should listen to my mom. Yeah. Don't make big decisions when you're upset. So she dumps him. I mean, it was the right choice. It just wasn't the right time. And we see that things are kind of ramping up for her. And it's... Mm-hmm. This isn't the first time that we have seen Lily be weird or stressed about being with someone forever. Forever, In the Liberty Bell episode, she is upset that guys aren't hitting on her because she has a ring mm-hmm. on. And then when she thought she was pregnant and belly full of turkey, that was really upsetting. And um, it kind of freaked her out to think about the rest of her life. So this is an ongoing thing that I think the first time through, people might not put all of those pieces together and right. see and see sort of the the direction things are going. They don't see all of this anxiety building up. They just see, you know, Willie making a crazy decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but we won't we'll talk about that later. So <laughs> she also says that she was only dating Scooter <laughs> because he looked like Kurt Cobain and he said, I can change. I can look more like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> so good. Fucking Scooter. And so mm-hmm. she screams at Scooter, don't put that kind of pressure on me. It's too much. Because he says, you know, I'm nothing without you. And I noticed she has on the most 90s necklace at this point. I'm trying to remember what it looked I was so distracted by... The hair? The... Oh, the, the flowers? Like, the pink It's like that, flowers, like, sort yeah. of ball, like, chain necklace that you'd, like, snap together. Yeah. Oh, love those. I had a couple of those. Yeah, absolutely. Hot topic. I was going to say Hot Topic special. Hot Topics. Um, so, yeah, and then we're snapped back to 2006, where apparently one of the nerds was trying to ask her to dance, and she screamed, don't put that kind of pressure on me at him. It's too much. It's too much. So um, Andrew takes her by the hand, and they start dancing, and Lily asks him what he wants to do with his life. And, of course, as every 18-year-old does, he has it all figured out. He knows exactly how his life is going to unfold. Mm-hmm. No speed bumps anywhere. He's going to start his own business. He's going to live abroad. You know, he's going to do all these crazy things. And Lily shoots him down. And it's, you know, she sort of predicts his life, but it's really like she's telling him about her life. Right. You know, you're going to get a girlfriend that first day of college, which is what happened with her and Marshall. Just kind of mm-hmm. hurtful and sad. It- right? Yeah. She's, like, freaking out. She'll never live abroad or accomplish anything you set out to do. Don't give up your independence. Yeah, yeah. So she clearly feels like she missed out on a lot by being with Marshall, and it was probably subconscious until right now. And maybe if the wedding had been 
a more gradual buildup, this wouldn't have happened, but mm-hmm. maybe it would have. But she clearly needed to have this crisis. Um, but of course, just like she probably did at 18, all she heard was she would have, he would have a girlfriend. That's mm-hmm. all he heard from her. He's like, wow, you, th- you really think I'll have a girlfriend? Another one bites the dust. <sighs> so over uh, across the way, Sean, the other nerd, is dancing with Robin, and he shoots a shot, asking if he's going to get some, but then immediately throws up on her dress and her shoes. Ugh. Yeah, real nice. So Robin is just having a wonderful night. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall and Ted arrive at the prom with the sheet music, and they start talking to this giant turtle mascot. Which turns out, of course, to be Barney. Of course. Um, who paid 200 bucks to uh, get into the costume and use it to get into the, the prom. And he's pissed because the two of them just went in through the back door. I love this, uh, like, B storylines. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, like the B plot. All the fancy podcasters. Thank you. They know all those fancy words. I don't know. <laughs> I love this B plot with Barney trying to sneak in. <laughs> yeah. But was thinking also, what would have been the alternative for him? Would he be at the high school prom hitting on high school girls? Do you know what I mean? So it was like, right. what else could he have been yeah, doing? He couldn't it have, had to have been yeah. this. He couldn't have walked up to a high school girl and been like, hey, yeah. want a date? Yeah, it would have been disgusting. But this is so good because Barney is so crafty and clever and, yeah, I don't know, he loves schemes. Yeah. And I just want to say, there's a reason that this double standard exists, that women can do this. And it's not as creepy, mm-hmm. and Barney or other men can't, because there is just a history of, of, of men being in power and taking advantage of women. Like, that exists. Yeah. So it's not like it's the same thing. And clearly... Just taking your dick out in a meeting and, you know... <laughs> right, right. Whatever. So, I mean, yes, what Robin and Lily did wasn't perfect, but it was very clear that there was no, yeah. like, weird power imbalance, and there was no, like... They weren't taking advantage of these guys. Right. That was, yeah. So that's. Only to get into the prom, but. but I'm not. not in like I'm a not, sexual way. Right. And I'm not advocating for like female teachers who sleep with their students. Like not Ooh. that. But. No. There's a reason why this isn't as creepy. It just simply isn't because of the history of the world. So there's yes. that. Did you see what was happening in the background when they're talking to each other? No. Scooter walks by. What? Yeah. You got to go back and watch it. It's really, really quick. He's got like. Short, shorter, frosted blonde hair. Stop. Yeah, so while they're talking about how uh, they snuck in. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's so it good. It was awesome. And then Ted has a great turtle joke, and he says, but you did it. You got in here. Slow and steady won the race. <laughs> Marshall walks up to the nerds and asks if they've seen Lily, and Andrew gets all possessive and says, like, this is my girl for the night, and and Mar- That's right, she's mine. Yeah, very gross. Um, and Marshall tries to placate him, but then Andrew shoves him. Marshall still tries to keep it cool. It's like, come on, let's and then, not get out of here. And then Andrew pulls out the fucking nunchucks that somehow got through metal detectors <gasps> oh. and slaps him with it. And then Ted flies in, as he said he would, yep. to back him up. Like, literally flies in from the wings. Yeah, and tackles a child. Normal <laughs> night. For the gang. We cut to the bathroom where, as Marshall told us last week, that's where secrets come out. And (laughs) we do have a secret come out. Yeah. Robin is, you know, cleaning off her dress. And Lily's like, oh, I can't believe I just did that. And Robin looks at her and just totally cuts through any bullshit and just says, 
are you having second thoughts? And Lily thinks about it for a minute and she's like, yeah, but not about Marshall, about herself. And she keeps thinking about who she was 10 years ago, what happened to that girl. We cut to goth Lily wearing flannel, setting up her super cool, probably like a six disc CD changer. Oh yeah, at least, yep. In her, in like what looks to be a dorm room, talking to somebody about how she doesn't want to be tied down. She wants to live in France and Spain and Italy and soak up life and put it on a canvas and... Even if she has to work in a shitty cafe for like five years, which is laughable. Yeah. Probably would take way Forever. longer than that. That's okay. Forever. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a painter and, you know, you can't do that with a boyfriend shackled around your neck. And she says, I'm sorry. What's your name again? And we see baby Marshall. Baby Marshall. And he's wearing this adorable shirt. This is Minnesota on it. Aww. And he's looking at her with so much love in his eyes. He's just like captivated. Ugh. And she puts on the CD player. She's like, oh, it works. And it's good feeling. Their song. And Marshall says, oh, Violet Femmes. I love this song. And that was it. The rest was history. And I texted you earlier today that I teared up watching this scene. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say it's because my period is due. That's got to be a huge part of it. But it's just this moment when, when you know everything that comes after this and, like, all the history they have. Mm-hmm. Just seeing this moment where they're listening to their song together in this room. And it's like, right. they don't even know what they're starting right now. And they're just so fresh and new. And it was just so sweet to see that little moment and to know that they have no idea what's ahead. And it's just like, it was just such mm-hmm. a sentimental moment. It really was. Oh, these are these are times, this and, and earlier when Robin, like you said, just sort of cuts through the bullshit and gets really real. With Lily, mm-hmm. it's it's stuff like that that takes this show to the next level. Yeah. It's in ways that I don't know if Friends ever really did. if Because that's like the constant comparison, right? Right. I don't... I feel like they didn't... Like you said, they didn't really tackle the dark stuff. Yeah. I think they kept it really kind of light. Yeah. And this is dark. You know, they've been together for 10, ten years. years. And she's having second thoughts. Not about Marshall, but about herself, which I understand Yeah, that kind of. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, be, you know, like you think back on, you get to like a certain point in your life, any point, uh, RuPaul will tell you 27 because everything, or 28, something like that, like, you know. Saturn's return. And retro- yeah, that is Saturn's return. Saturn's yes, return. thank you. Yeah, man. And you think about your life and where you thought you would be at this point and where you actually are. And for some people, it's hard to reconcile the differences. Um, Lily is definitely one of those people. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think about like the girl I was like going into freshman year at college and I'm glad she's gone. Yeah. (laughs) I have grown and changed Mm -hmm. and I love the woman I am today. It's hard for me to relate to Lily here because she's like really upset about it. Yeah, and I think it's important that she's admitting this stuff out loud because mm-hmm. that's something that you don't see a whole lot. People usually if they if they've sort of taken a path that they don't that they don't recognize themselves anymore at the end of right. or whatever, they don't usually admit it out loud. They kind of just mm-hmm. bury that and live with that regret and that resentment. Um it's not really at least in America, it's not really like a culturally cool thing to do to be 10 mm-hmm. years deep in a relationship and then say, 
what the fuck? I'm, I took a wrong turn and I should be doing other things with my life. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen someone talk this frankly about regretting the path they chose yeah. 10 years ago. I mean, it's huge. And, and I might not fully understand that. I mean, of course, there are things that I wanted to do when I was 18. Like, I wanted to be a senator, but now I'd rather fucking die. Oh, Especially in the age of the internet, like, oof, man, you can't even make, like, one little mistake. Um, no. Thank God. Yeah, and so... We are right at the edge. Yeah, no shit, no shit. Dodge a bullet, thanks, big... Or was it? You, you dodge, helped me dodge a bullet, big yeah. guy. With a finger kiss. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was, I was always in a relationship in college, and sometimes I wish mm-hmm. um, how different my life would be or what experiences I would have had if I hadn't been. So I get that. I I absolutely do, but I've always had this like opinion that I am who I am today because of all the stuff and the wrong decisions I made sure, yeah. years ago and I don't know that I would end up where I am if I hadn't taken all those wrong turns, stumbles and falls. God bless the broken road, am I right? Right? <laughs> so that's why like it's hard for me to relate. I mean, I absolutely look back on parts of my life like, "Oh, if I could do it over again sure, or whatever, yeah. or what what was I thinking? But I, I really am so happy with where I am professionally, personally. You know, I have a really great relationship with my husband and I don't know. For, for me, all of those missed experiences are worth the trade-off for where I am today. Yeah. And that's something that uh, Robin tells Lily. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, like, yeah, but you're marrying your best friend in the world. You didn't have the travel or the bohemian art life or the lesbian experience, but you can still travel, you can still paint and then gives her a kiss to give her the lesbian experience she was looking for. Which launches um, a thousand ships for Lily. Oh, but we'll yeah. get into that later. We'll, we'll get into that. That's one of my favorite running. Hell yeah. Things throughout this series. No, be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So stupid. good. <laughs> I love Me it. Too. And obviously this is a show and these are not real people, but the relationship she has with Marshall is like one in a million. Yeah. And if you went and traveled and had your bohemian art life and had a lesbian experience, like would you still have Marshall? And is that worth the trade off? Yeah, what's well, the it's it's always a trade because I think a lot of people and Lily is probably one of them and Ted's one of them too, they think mm-hmm. that there is this perfect path, there's this perfect life, right. this perfect version of themselves out there. And on the other end of it, there's Marshall, who is just 100% present and excited about the life he has chosen. You know, yes. he feels like, I mean, this whole episode, he's just been so excited to get married. He knows where he's going. He's very sure of himself. But he's also, well, he's done a lot of the things that he thought he was going to do. Later on in the show, he does have this same kind of what am I doing with my life moment? Mm-hmm. So he he gets to that point too, but not in as um, explosive a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um it's 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 cool to see to see Lily going through this even though it's hard to watch. So the bros have all gotten kicked out of the prom for trespassing and assaulting a minor and theft. <laughs> and I love this exchange between uh, this sort of passive aggressive exchange between Marshall mm-hmm. And Ted, when uh, Marshall's like, yeah, well, I totally could have handled it, but thanks. And Ted's like, well, uh, you didn't, so you're welcome. And it just reminds me of them when 
um, in the duel when they're yeah. when they're in the hospital room and Ted's like, I gave it to you. So I, I let you win. Yeah, I let you win that whole crazy thing. I love Marshall's line. He's like, Yeah, you know, because that kid was like a white belt and I'm gigantic. <laughs> it's <laughs> just matter of fact. Yeah, like he didn't need any He's help. A fucking white belt, Ted. Get your head out of your ass. Marshall tries to get the security guards to let them back in just to hear the song. And they still say no. So Barney is a good friend, as always, and creates a diversion by stealing the turtle head and running off. And t- Ted makes another turtle joke. Yes, he does. He's surprisingly fast for a That's turtle. right. He loves a dad <laughs> joke. Not surprised. Yeah. Uh, so we're back inside, and there's the 88 playing Good Feeling. I actually like their version better than the Violent Femmes version. Oh, yeah. It's really good, right? I really liked it. Me too. And finally, so all night, Lily and Marshall haven't seen each other at all. And so finally they see each other as they're walking into prom. And so they're dancing together and everything feels good. It's like Robin's pep talk plus seeing Marshall mm-hmm. kind of reminds Hearing her, their song. Hearing their song it kind of reminds her like, oh, this is my life. I like my life. This is this is what I want. This is the choice I made. So she seems mm-hmm. to to be, you know, a little more centered. Ted offers to dance with Robin, and they do. Thank God. Finally, this is, like, resolving <laughs> itself. It's been yeah. tough to watch for the last two episodes. Yes, it has. And we find out that Robin has had the most prom prom ever. <laughs> Hated her dress. Her date got wasted and threw up on her. There was a fight, and she kissed a girl. That's, like, That's prom. prom. If she had cried, it would have really made it. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's always people crying on the stairs. Oh, why? Damn, Come man. Because people break up with people at proms, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Lily, rude. Ted kind of jokes with her about it, and Robin says, I've missed you. You know, not in an I love you way, not in a I forgive you way, but just in an I missed you way. And I get it, because Ted can be, you know, difficult sometimes yeah. to like, but when you're upset, he's a good guy to have around. Yeah, I mean... You know, Ted pisses me off a lot. End of the day, I love the fucking guy. I love him. We wouldn't be here I if we I love him. Yeah, so he, exactly. I think he's probably hard to stay mad at because he's just such a good guy. And he is. He just puts his foot in his mouth way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so Barney's outside giving notes to the nerds about how you should never wear jeans to a strip club because you don't get your money's worth, which is gross. <laughs> And it's also a blog post. Of course it is. When should you wear jeans to a strip club? Never. And it was actually posted on Valentine's Day 2006. Nice. So nine reasons you never wear jeans to a strip club starts off with cloth cloth pockets are roomier, more elastic, allowing for a thick wad of cash. Um, Another one is jeans make my legs look skinny. (laughs) That's why you don't want to wear jeans. Um... Uh, two, one word, two syllables, three hours in the ER, zipper. Ooh. And then my favorite, number one, number one reason why you don't want to wear jeans to a strip club, you don't feel it as much in your kazoo. In your kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Gross. Right? And also, just a side note, not wearing jeans to a strip club is discussed in Article 45 of the Bro Code. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I like that ER moment. So clearly, you know, Barney has had a jeans incident at a strip club. So the Bro Code is based on real experience, friends. (laughs) So don't knock it. So then we're back inside the, the prom and... 
Marshall and Malia are dancing, and he's just so excited. Band, check. Two months. I can't wait. We only have two months to go. And he's so excited. This is all he's ever wanted. He's a very simple guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Simple Minnesota guy. He wants to get married and have babies and, you know, provide for his family. And so his life is, like, humming along. Meanwhile, Lily is vaulting over kindergartners, just, like, color. Just not even, like, (laughs) having someone else watch them. So, like... She feels like she's not in the right place. And that is all over her face as she sort of nestles against him. That mm-hmm. we might have thought things were resolved, but they sure are not. Damn. No. So what did you think of Best Prom Ever? I really like this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to know more about the characters. I love a flashback of Lily because we haven't seen a young Lily nope. at all. Um, have we seen any young cast members? Yet? Marshall and Life Among Just, the Gorillas. And Barney. And Barney, but that wasn't even that young. But yeah. Yeah, I like just the pre-gang, like before they really knew each other. Yeah. Uh, clip, so that is always really great for me. And we also get more information about something that, like Kate said, if you hadn't, if you don't know the series, if you haven't watched it through, you might not pick up on, but there's been like subtle hints throughout the se- the season so far about Lily and it all kind of comes to a head uh, in this episode and you get to, to find out more about it. Yeah, I love that. I love that we finally see Marshall and Lily really having some issues. Mm-hmm. Bigger ones, I feel like there's been like maybe a little thing here or there where there was like a a discussion like life among the gorillas when the work thing was an issue. Right. Um, and maybe, and that might be another part of her anxieties. Like she sees Marshall sort of drifting away from the life that they were supposed to have. So like nothing, nothing is turning out the way that she wanted. And it's good to have that kind of dissonance and, and see Marshall and Lily figuring it out like a real couple. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a little more, substance to dig into with the characters like they can't just be this perfect know-it-all couple for the whole series that wouldn't be interesting at all right and i mean lily allison hannigan just has such range as an actress so i'm so glad that they're yeah that they're really letting her dig in and and show us a lot more about lily and and who she is and i mean there's just a lot going on in this episode so it makes it fun there's like the like you said like the barney through line and you know, Ted and Marshall and Robin just acting like she's 17. And so yeah. it's a lot of different storylines, which is always my favorite. So it's nice to mm-hmm. nice to have one of these episodes again. All right. So we have a buttload of legendary moments from our fans. Yeah. Which is very exciting. So the first one we have is from Miranda. And she actually sent us this in December <laughs> Yeah. Three months ago. So this was way back when we first started asking for legendary moments and we weren't really asking one by one. We just said, send us your favorite one, which we realize now was super overwhelming and daunting. So yes. So we narrowed it down. Yeah. But Miranda is a total trooper and it was three months ago tomorrow. She sent this to us. I saw on the email. So let's hope we can remember what we were even talking about back then as I read this. Hey ladies, oh my god, I saved the podcast for tonight while I am at work, and I squealed so loud hearing my name. Oh, this this must have been when we um, first thanked Miranda on air. 
I yeah. pulled out all my DVD sets so I can follow along with you. I have a legendary moment in season one. Best prom ever when Barney says to Robin and Lily, slut up. <laughs> As you know, I was never a fan of Lily, but this episode is where she was my least favorite person. Yikes. She was freaking out and being a bridezilla and wouldn't let Marshall handle things, so she needed to check out the band. That's what you said. That she like wouldn't yeah. like release that duty. Right. Everything else doesn't matter, but yeah. this is the one. Yeah, so she wouldn't let him check out the band, even if that meant sneaking into a prom. But the best part was Barney, always up to something, yet sensitive. Very true. Yeah. Very, very true. It's very true. That little corsage. I have so many more, but I'll wait till you guys are on those seasons. Thank you, ladies, for the awesome entertainment. Miranda. Isn't she the sweetest? She, love her. Our OG fan. Our next legendary moment comes from Sam. And Sam says, hi, Kate and Caitlin. Just a quick email with my legendary moment for next episode. Best prom ever. I think I have to give it to the flashback of Lily meeting oh. Marshall at college. So ni- I know. So nice to see the very beginning of this wonderful couple. And I love how the scene is built to during this episode and continues to be built on as the series mm. progresses. Honorable mention to Ted and Robin's reunion on the dance floor. I really enjoy them together. So the past few episodes have been painful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And it's a release to have at least a little bit of peace between the two of them. Looking forward to the podcast, Sam. So true how it sort of chronologically goes in the flashback. So first they're at prom having fun, Mm -hmm. then the end of prom, and then it's what, probably like a couple months later and she's in the dorm room. Yeah. And Sam's right. We will see the dorm room scene come back around and we'll learn more about all of that, which is awesome. I love all the, the college stuff. Me too. It's so fun. Okay. And we have... Another one from Abha for this episode. And she says, my legendary moment is one of Robin's lines, despite the fact that the episode is about Lily's prep for the wedding. It's when, it's like Sam's, it's when they're on the dance floor and Robin says, okay, I've missed you. Not in a we're going to make out way, not even in an I forgive you way, just in an I've missed you way. Really good line. Yeah, it is a good line. And we have another... Legendary moment. One more for you. And it's a voice memo from our friend Tanya in South Africa. So why don't we take a listen to that? Hello, ladies. Greetings from South Africa. (laughs) How are you doing? It's my birthday. Can you tell that I love my birthday? Uh, I'm loving it. I'm having a good day. It's uh, just before 4 p.m. here in South Africa. I loved this episode and I loved watching it today on my birthday. (laughs) My legendary moment for this episode, or as we say in Afrikaans, let that soak in, is, is Lily. Lily is my legendary moment. She goes through so much in this episode. You know, I re- I remember feeling the way she felt. Uh, and I still feel that way is that I am so afraid to do the big things or to make a big commitment in my life because uh, what if something, what if there's something I didn't do yet, you know? And she says, I don't want everything in my life to be decided already. And I, in that moment, I thought, sometimes I can, I, I do that and I let life pass me because I'm. I'm not living in the moment. I'm I'm so afraid of what I could possibly miss out in the future by making this commitment now that I I could miss out on good things happening around me. And I love the way Robin 
told her, you know, dude, you're marrying your best friend. You know, just appreciate that. And, and you know, other things could come in your life. Um, you know, other good things could come your way. So I really loved this. And I loved, you know, the way that the writers allowed for Lily to be re- reflective on her life. And that she's not just some B character in the plot. Enough from me from now. Let me get ready for my party and enjoy the rest of your day, ladies. Bye. Happy birthday, Sonia. Happy birthday. We hope you enjoyed celebrating your birthday. Thank you so much for sending us the voice clip of you. I am, it was amazing. I am absolutely not going to butcher how to say legendary moment in Afrikaans, but that is so freaking cool. That was amazing. That was so cool. Thank you Ugh. so much. We were both just like beaming listening to that. And when you said legendary moment in Afrikaans, we both lost that our we shit. Like, we lost our shit. We lost it. Lost so it. cool. Thank our you international so much. Fans. I know. It's awesome. Well, thank you everybody who wrote in or called in. Oh my God. Our fans are the best. So freaking cool. What was your legendary moment? My legendary moment was Scooter. Ah. <laughs> oh. Love Scoot. I just love him. He's so dumb and so clingy and it's just, he's such a little pathetic puppy dog. And I love also that this is not the last time we will see Scooter. Scooter's one of my favorite. Side characters? Yeah. He's just, I actually really love all of them. I know. I'm trying to think of what I don't like. They're always, they're brought in at a time, at like the perfect time. You know what I mean? You don't get too much of Scooter or... Mm -hmm. Claudia and Stuart, but just enough to keep you loving them. Yeah, they don't become gimmicky. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Um, and my other one was disco. I really want to bring that back as like a way to Me say too. cool. Disco. Disco. So maybe oh, we'll... disco. I had to look it up on Urban Dictionary. I was a little nervous because <laughs> you never know what you're going to find. Mean a but lot it was things. a thing people said. That's really cool. So we're going to start saying, I'm sorry, that was really disco. Yeah. So like if you're really like happy for your friend, like, oh, disco. My legendary moment. So. Love so many. I love the way Marshall says Valerie. <laughs> I love how he screams Van Smoot. I love when Lily pushes all the buttons. I love when Barney says it was really awkward. When Robin's date says you buzz in. The drunk band guy. Damn girl, pick one. So many. But I'm going to go with one I didn't even say. Okay, okay. It's, it just makes me giggle. It's in the beginning of the episode when the gang's at the bar and they're talking about Van Smoot and Marshall says, it is on. It is on like the former Republic of Azerbaijan. And this is this is my favorite part. Barney looks at him, smiles and says, you're a wonder. I love it. And he just like carries the smile through the rest. So he's just looking at Marshall beaming. It's so You're genuine. a wonder. It's so good. I feel like that was Neil smiling like that. You know, like yeah. there, there are moments when um, I remember – reading something somewhere or maybe I heard it in in an interview where Carter and Craig were talking about how on some sitcoms when one of the characters delivers a joke nobody laughs at it it's sort of they just have the laugh track do it and everyone else kind of plays it that was like a totally normal thing to say but on the show specifically they encouraged the characters to laugh when jokes happened and so you'll see that throughout this the the cast laughing at each other which is normal that's normal. It's a normal thing friends to do. Your friend says something together. funny, you're going to laugh. Yeah. Right? And the former Soviet Republic of Azerbaijan is pretty funny. So that's it. That's episode 20. And um, next week we're going to be talking about Milk, which is a huge episode. Yeah. Um, very, very um, important, pivotal, dramatic, stressful. 
and crazy making. So get ready for that. Mm-hmm. We only got two episodes left, so of course everything's really ramping up. And uh, one little announcement before we close out here is that at the end of season one, we will be having a another special episode to talk about all of our feels from season one. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk Because there's about, a lot. Hell yeah. We're going to talk about the big themes and talk about, um, you know, where it seems like the show's going, the legendary moments, like the legendary moment. Maybe we can each pick one of the entire season, which might be tough. Ooh. Um, and our favorite episodes and maybe some of our least favorite things that happened. So it's going to be great. You're going to want to stick around for that. I mean, you've stuck around with us for this long, right? so you might as well. Right? Yeah. Be like Lily and just dig in for 10 years and then you can resent us later. In addition, at the end of season one, we're also going to release a season one wicked hard trivia quiz that uh, Caitlin and I are devising right now. And you can expect those at the end of every season. Because I know personally, as a huge fan, I'm always looking for a quiz online that will stump me or at least challenge me. And make me feel like, you know, I really know this show. So we're working yeah. hard to come up with some really deep cut questions. And some of the answers you'll only know if you listen to our podcast. So mm-hmm. might want to do that. That's right. Yeah. So go back and listen if you're just finding us now. Heck yeah. Catch up. And in case you are new, we post new recaps every Thursday. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you want to send us a legendary moment from any upcoming episode, you can email us at heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at heybeautifulpod. And make sure you check in with us on Monday because we will have our special episode where we talk about Josh Radner's new show, Rise. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gordon and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl All.
If you don't don't come at me and pretend that you are a Britney Spears fan when you don't even know that the goddess that is Britney spells it B R I T N E Y. It's Britney bitch.